Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is a new church plant located in the beautiful city of Frisco, Texas. We pray that the following message will bless your life and help you to a dynamic and powerful walk with Christ. If you have any questions about our church and about who we are, please feel free to visit our website, citychurchfrisco.org, or feel free to email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. Thanks for listening. Father, we come before your presence. We thank you once again because you have been so good. And we thank you at this moment, Lord, for, for the worship we're able to lift up to you, Lord. And we just ask you, Lord, that you receive it. Um, your word says that you abide in the presence, in the, in, the, in the worship of your people, in the praises of your people, Lord. And when we worship and when we praise you, Lord, uh, it's an invitation uh, from us to you, Lord, that you be uh, present, not just in this room like you always are, Lord, but in our hearts. Uh, we need you in our hearts. And we thank you, Lord, for the privilege that we have to praise and to worship you. Um, and we also thank you, Lord, for this moment that we have where we can look at your word and we can uh, receive a message uh, from you, Lord Jesus, um, that, that we can be more like you and that we can learn, Lord, what you, have, uh, you would have us to do. In Jesus' name we pray and continue asking you, Lord, that you continue moving within us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You may have a seat. So last week we, uh, we started um, a new sermon series, a new series of messages that we're calling I Have Decided. And we started, uh, kind of makes sense if, you, if you're making a sermon uh, series message or sermon messages of, of I Have Decided, we will kick off with I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. That was last week, right? It's the most important decision that you and I can make in our lives. Amen, it is, uh, whether I get one or two amens, but it is the most important thing, it is the most important choice that you and I make in our lives, to say that I have decided to follow Jesus, and we started, we started the gospel challenge, I don't know how we're doing with our, our, our reading through the gospels, I am encouraged, (laughs) but it's okay if you kind of if you kind of fell behind. I know I know uh, life gets busy. It's okay. Just start today. Start reading today. Three chapters a day. In thirty days, you're done with all four gospels. Okay. And we want to read through this as a church. Um, today's Matthew chapter seven. If you've been going through your through your three chapters a day, today's the day that you read this chapter. Okay. Today's the seventh day. So Matthew chapter seven. Um, the reason that I'm talking about this, and it's not necessarily because it coincides with, with this holiday, but this week coming up, Valentine's Day is here, and you can say what you want about Valentine's Day, whether it's made up by a commercial interest and whatever, right? But guys, it's here, okay? Valentine's Day comes around the same time every year, whether you believe in it or not, it comes, and whether your wife says, don't buy me roses, uh, you probably want to do something, Okay. <laughs> So I encourage you to do something. But, you know, Valentine's Day is not necessarily just about the love of your life. It really is a reminder of relationships in our lives. Uh, for the most part, we remember the relationship we have with either uh, our significant other, our spouse, or um, if you are in the dating scene, right, and you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend, it, it kind of brings that to, to the forefront, right? Um, if you don't have a boyfriend and girlfriend and you're single, you start thinking about mom. Uh, the guys will think about mom. Um, 
And, and you start thinking about different relationships in your life. Okay, so if last week we talked about that uh, we've made the decision, I have decided to follow Jesus, I think that, that if we're going to progress naturally into what the next decision that we should make uh, for our lives, and considering that we're still pretty early in the year and we want to continue following through on resolutions, and maybe some res- resolutions have dropped off, but, but we can still kind of pick some up and start making different habits. So I, I think that the next natural progression is that I have decided to be a great friend. Jesus was asked, Lord, teacher, master, what is the greatest commandment of them all? And Jesus answered, the greatest commandment of them all is to love God with all your heart, with all your, uh, all your soul, with all your strength, with everything that you have, love God. But I give you a second that is equal as this one, that is the same. To love your neighbor as you love yourself. So the natural progression is that if we love God, we're going to love people. If we love God, we're going to love our neighbor. We're going to love even that coworker at work that you just, I don't know if I want to see them today. You have to love everyone. That's what the Bible commands. That's what Jesus commanded us. So I think one of the decisions that you and I have to make early on in our Christian walk is that we need to decide to be great friends. And it's interesting because uh, this past November we, were, uh, we went to our convention and uh, we, we ran in, my wife ran into one of her uh, friends that she hadn't seen in a long time. Uh, but without them even seeing each other, it was interesting because Nathan and her son became good friends at a different camp that they had gone to. And not even knowing that they, the, the parents kind of knew each other, they became friends. And she told us something very interesting. She said that I tell my son that if you're going to be a friend, be a great friend. Don't do it halfway. Don't do it just, you know, every once. No, if you're going to really be a friend to somebody, then do it right. Be there. Communicate. Talk. You and I, as followers of Christ, as, as people that have made the decision to follow Jesus, we need to decide to be great friends to people around us. Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. We've all read this before, okay? This is nothing new to us. But Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, if you have it in your Bible, it's, it's really short. But we know this. It says, so in everything, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. So in everything... Do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. What is this called, guys? The golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. But it's interesting because not only does it say that that's what we should do, but the reason we should do it is that this, this very little simple commandment, everything that you do, do to others what you would have them to do to you, this sums up the law and the prophets. That if we were to take 
all the Bible, the very first part of the Bible, and we look at all the commandments and we look at everything that is in here, that we can sum it up in this very simple phrase, do to others what you would have them do to you. And here's the reality, guys, that our life is shaped by the relationships we have. Our life is shaped by the relationships we have. If you grow, growing up, you may remember uh, our parents uh, uh, would tell us, you know, show me who your friends are and I'll tell you who you are. And, and we didn't like hearing that. We didn't like because we knew we had some sketchy friends. Okay? I mean, let's be honest, okay? Dime con quién andas y te diré quién eres. Our relationships shape who we are. Our relationships shape our mindsets. It begins to form us. Even though we like to think that we have influence over others, but if we surround ourselves with people constantly, and they're always present, we're eventually going to be a little bit like they are. And then there's the old adage, right? If, if, what do you want to be if you, if you surround yourself with a bunch of chickens? You're going to be a chicken. But if you surround yourself with eagles, you're going to be like an eagle, soaring for higher heights, seeking after greater things. Amen? So our life is shaped by the relationships we have. I've decided to be a great friend. So this is the decision we make. Then there's several questions we need to ask ourselves, and we're going to go through these questions. And I want to, I want you to reflect and think about where you find yourself at this moment. Okay. So the first question we need to ask ourselves is, who are the people that God wants to love through you? Who are the people that God wants to love through you? See, we got to learn to begin to look through things through the, through the lenses of God, okay? Through the lenses of our Christianity. So who are the people that God wants to love through you? This is where we begin to identify those relationships that are going to be important in our lives. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, I have it up on the screen. It says, walk with the wise and become wise. I mean, we just talked about this, right? But associate with fools and get in trouble. We become whatever our friends are. I, I, I told you guys last week that when we're trying to seek God's will in our life and that we want to know whether uh, God's voice is speaking to us and his promptings are the promptings that we feel are from the Holy Spirit, that we need to seek wise counsel. But we never surround ourselves with wise counsel and we're constantly surrounded with people that are, uh, they're just not godly people. They're not looking after God. They're not seeking after God. They're not people that are entrenched in the word. Then it's going to be hard to seek godly counsel in our lives. And this is where the, the verse encourages us to, to walk with wise because there is a benefit when you and I walk with the wise. We become wise ourselves. 
We have the tendency to be the smartest, that, to want to be the smartest person in the room. But that's not what we should look after. We should look for those opportunities when we can surround ourselves with people, that, with people that are wiser than us, people that are smarter than us, people that where you and I go in and we just listen because we're soaking it up. Uh, you know, if you want to improve your marriage, then you probably need to hang out with people that have good marriages that have been married 30 years and it really genuinely looks like they're still happy in their marriage. You can't go looking for marriage counseling with someone that's been divorced five, six times and about to get divorced again. If you want to lose weight, well, you guys get the drift, right? You guys get the drift. <laughs> you guys get the drift, okay? We need to surround ourselves with wise people. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. The word of God says that a man of many companions may come to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And I think that this verse particularly speaks to us today. Because we have uh, this idea in our minds that when you and I, I don't have my phone with me, but when you and I pick up our phones when we're bored, right, we, we have uh, this condition, we've been conditioned into that. When we're bored, we go and look at our, come on, it's okay, it's okay to not be okay here, okay? <laughs> we look at our Facebook, because there's where our friends are at, and we see what our friends are doing, because... We have 300 followers or friends, and may I, for you, some of you that might be low, right? Some of you may have 1,000, 2,000. Um, but the Bible says that quality of friendship is more important than quantity. Amen. Because if you have many compassions, you still may come to ruin. But we got to find a friend that's going to stick closer than a brother. So we need to identify those people in our lives that we know are chasing after the same things as we are. They're wise. That we know that there's a quality within the relationship that we can have. And it's not just about the quantity of people saying, oh, okay, I'm friends with this person. I'm friends with that person. And, oh, I'm always going out and I'm always being social. I'm always doing these things. No, the quality of the friendship is very important. So how do we choose friends? How do we identify these friends? See, I believe the, the Word of God has many answers for us, and, and I believe that there's a specific answer for this. In Luke chapter 6, verse 12, the Bible says that one day, soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples, and he chose 12 of them to be apostles. What would our lives be like if you and I, when it comes to making decisions about the friendships, the people that are going to be close in our lives, that you and I, before we make those type of decisions, that we would come before God in extended amounts of prayer, 
and seek his Holy Spirit and say, Lord, I'm about to make a decision about pouring into this person's life or allowing this person to start pouring into my life. Uh, I'm about to make a decision to start a friendship with this person, but I need your direction. I need you to be involved in this friendship too. The Bible says that Jesus went to pray before he chose the twelve. If it was that important to Jesus to choose the 12 people that were going to be close to him, that were going to be his closest followers, that were going to be learning from him, shouldn't it be important to us to also seek God's counsel, God's direction as we make friendships and as we pour ourselves out into other people's lives and as we pour, allow people to speak into our lives? Reading an article, in a, and Gordon McDonald, an author, a pastor, he, he said that there's three types of, well, he was talking about five different types of people that are in our lives. And, and as I was reading that, I thought, okay, well, these are the three types that we do want in our lives. Three types of friends that we need. Number one, we need friends that ignite our passion. Okay? So it's very easy for me to talk with somebody that's a Cowboys fan. Because there's a there's a there's a, a a connection there. There's something that we both like that we're passionate about, and we like to talk about what may happen, what may not happen. And there's a a passion that that gets ignited. And the same thing in church in our in our Christian walk that we should look for friends in our lives that ignite our passion for God. People that can be mentors in our lives. We don't need to walk up to, I, can't, I don't need to walk up to Randy and say, hey, will you be my mentor? No, you just begin to, to, to spend time with him and allow that his wisdom comes into my life. Because his passion ignites my passion. We also need friends that share our passion. These are going to be our close friends. These are going to be the people that, 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 that walk the same walk that we walk, that, that maybe like the same type of music that we like, that maybe are, like with the musicians, musicians tend to hang out with musicians. Why? Because they share that same passion. So we need friends that share the same passions that you and I have. These are going to be our close friends. We also need friends in our lives that catch our passion. Because just as we need mentors in our lives, see, I like the way the Word of God just kind of ties in week in and week out, right? A couple weeks ago, I told you guys, you know what? The gifts that we have are not ours to keep, but ours to give. Just as we have passion in our lives, we need to learn to pour out that passion into others' lives. To teach. Just as we need mentors, we need to mentor people. Just as we've learned and someone took the time to teach us, we need to identify those people that God is telling us, you know what, you need to pour into this person's life. Amen. They need somebody. So we need to identify the people in our lives that God wants to love through us. The second question becomes, what does it look like to love a friend? 
What does it look like to love a friend? And really what this question is telling us is that we begin to categorize, uh, we begin to put into categories the types of friendships we have. So you begin to categorize, okay, this type of friend is going to receive this from me, and this type of friend is going to receive that from me. And the honest, the, 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 the truth is that the way that you and I are going to spell love to others, and I, I, I did this little nifty thing, okay, I was kind of proud of this. Love equals to T, you spell it with T, I, M, where do you guys think this is going? You love people with your time. Amen. We were at a conference this weekend, and one of the questions that was asked to the panel, or it was a statement, was that, what should I do when my son comes up to me and tells me, Dad, why do you love the church more than me? And the pastor that answered very, very wisely says, you know, I think that the, the expression and the word that the young man used, he says, I don't know nothing about the life of that person. I'm just asking, I'm getting this question asked. Is that the reality is that the, probably the only way that this young boy knew how to express love was this. Dad, why do you spend more time with the church than you do with me? Because... The way that you and I show love is through our time. Because the things that are important to us, we will give time to it. The things that are our priorities in our lives, we will set aside time in our schedule. And we will show up and we will be there. So we begin to categorize some of these friendships that we have. Some people in our lives are, are daily, right? We think about our spouses. We think about our children. We think about, if you're not married, you think about maybe mom and dad, brothers and sisters. Some of these people may be weekly. Maybe some people here at the church for you, is a, it's a weekly love and you give time to them because you spend time here at the church and maybe you go out to dinner with them or lunch. And it's weekly. Some may be yearly. There's those people in your life that you know, I'm going to see them at convention, and they're good with that. You know, it's not a close relationship. Yeah, you, you, you care for the person. You want to make sure they're doing well. But it's not something that's going to be constant. So you begin to ask yourself, well, how is it going to look like for me to love these people that I've identified in my life? Well, how much time can I give? There were divine encounters that Jesus had with people. The woman in the well is only mentioned one time in the Bible. That Jesus spent some time with her, and that was it. The blind man, Jesus had a divine encounter with the blind man on his way on the road, and that was it. But there were other people in Jesus' life, the 12 apostles, disciples, that they spent all their time with Jesus. And even from the 12 apostles, he had three that he would always call out. It was Peter, James, and John. So even Jesus categorized people. Even Jesus had a different group of people in their lives. Thank you. 
that he would categorize. You know, he had his 12 disciples. Uh, he had the three in the inner circle, as you may call it. Uh, he even had a group of 72 that he sent out to preach. Even Jesus categorized the time that he would spend with people. So we need to ask ourselves, what is it going to look like for me to love somebody? How much time am I going to spend and give and, and pour out to this person? The third question becomes, what will it require of me to love them well? I'm going to invite you to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 5. I'm going to have it up on the screen, but I want you to also read it here on your Bibles. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. What will it require of me to love them well? If I'm going to be a great friend, okay, I, I've identified those people in my life. I, I realize that I, I'm going to need to give time to some of these people. But what will it truly re require of me to love them well? Luke chapter 5, verse 17, the Word of God says, One day while Jesus was teaching... Some Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. It seemed that these men showed up from every village in all of Galilee and Judea, and Judea, as well as from Jerusalem. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried, they tried to push through the crowd to Jesus, verse 19, but they couldn't reach him. So they went up to the roof took off some tiles, and lowered the sick man down into the crowd, still on his mat, right in front of Jesus. And verse 20 says, Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, Son, your sins are forgiven. I hope that one day I can have friends like these guys. I would like to think that I can be a friend like this. But I don't know. Quite honestly, as I read that story and as I meditate on it, I, I wonder that if Jesus was here in this room and he was sitting here and people were just surrounding him, push, there was all kinds of fire code violations going on, right, and you just couldn't push through the people, I, I don't know if I would have made the effort and said, hey, buddy, I'm sorry, we tried. Maybe we'll just wait out here and see what happens. Maybe, hopefully he doesn't go out. Well, we'll send somebody to the back door too, just to see if we can catch him. Then we'll wheel you over there real quick. No, but it says that these friends were persistent. And that somehow, some way, because they didn't have lifts back then, they somehow were managed to carry this paralyzed man up onto the roof of this house. And they ignored all kinds of whatever building violations they had to do to remove tiles, cut a hole in the roof, and just lower the, the paralyzed man to where Jesus was at. Would you go out of your way like that for a friend? What will it require of you to be a good friend? We need to understand that if we're going to be good friends... 
there will be moments in our lives where that friendship will require us to go above and beyond what we may think is, is needed. And we need to be, number one, we need to be intentional in our friendships. Friendships don't just happen because, oh, oh, hey, we're friends now. Remember, remember when you and I were in grade school, right? And we wanted to have a boyfriend and girlfriend. We write a little note. You want to be my girlfriend and circle yes or no. Having no clue what all that meant and what was going to be required. And it, it requires more than just saying yes or no. Or just saying yes. We need to be intentional in our friendships. And when you see, here's the thing when I know that I'm going to meet with somebody, my, my tendency is that before I meet with that person, I, I come before God and say, and ask the Lord, because I, I need to, to have so I can say and talk to that person. Because I, I need wisdom also. I, I don't know it all. And I know most of the time when, when I talk to somebody, uh, there's going to be uh, questions raised. And there's going to be moments where I have that opportunity and to pour into that person's life. And, and I want to be ready, but I need God to use me. And I'm intentional. I, I do what I can to seek God in my life and, and be ready for that moment. Because it may be just that one moment, that one conversation that, that impacts that person's life. And the same thing, when you meet with me or with somebody, you need to be intentional and just be ready, Lord, that I can have the right words. Amen. That I can say the right things. Let me discern, let me perceive if, if they're going through a difficult time and, and they may need some encouragement today. Maybe, maybe this meeting is not just about me complaining about my husband or my wife. Maybe this meeting is not complaining about my mom or my dad or my schooling. Maybe this meeting is about just me listening and being there to encourage. We need to be intentional. We also need to be present. Come on, church. You need to be present. One of the things that drives me nuts when I'm talking with somebody is that if I'm talking with them, that they're constantly looking at their phones. Because it shows me that they're not there. And I'm not saying I'm perfect because I find myself doing this sometimes too particularly in those situations where we're really comfortable when it's with maybe my spouse, my wife, when it's with my kids, maybe. And I'm, I've, I've tried to grow a little bit more um, aware of those things in my lives, but we need to learn to be present. Amen. Most of the time when we get somewhere, I try to put my phone down where I don't even see it. Um, I was reading actually that I don't remember if I was reading it or watching it or somebody. I don't remember where I heard this, but they were saying that the moment you and I come to a place, I wish I had my phone. I have no idea where I left it. But when you and I come to a place and that we sit down, and before we sit down, we pull out our phone and we plop it right in front of us. At that moment, we're telling everyone that this is not as important as what may come across through here. We need to be present in people's lives. 
We need to understand the perception people get, what they perceive from us. When they're talking to us and they're pouring out their lives and they're talking, and then, oh, hold on a second. Oh, keep, I'm listening, I'm listening. And I try not to do that. The only people I would answer are my, my wife, maybe, but, and that's a maybe sometimes. <laughs> it just depends on where we're at in the conversation, right? But, or if it's one of my kids, sometimes I know they're just wanting to know if they can play on the Xbox or not, so I'll ignore them. <laughs> but we need to be present in people. Amen. If we're going to be great friends, we need to be present. We can't be distracted. Amen. And the third thing that we need to be, if we're going to, what is going to be required of us, this is the hard one, is that we need to be open. James chapter 5 verse 16 says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Isn't it funny how how we choose the verses that we really like in the Bible, and we apply those in our lives. But yet when the Bible says, you know what, confess your sins to each other, we tend to ignore things like that. And if there's sin in my heart and I'm trying to, to have a good relationship with a friend, and every time, let's say, I get together with Abdiel and I'm just envious of his beard... And there's that sin in my heart of envy, and I just can't confess it. There's always a wall. But until I confess, and I'm open, and I'm authentic, I know I'm being tongue-in-cheek there, right? But you get what I'm saying. There's times that there's friendships that we have, and there's a sin in our hearts against that person, or we feel that they've sinned against us, and, and we're not open, we're not authentic, and we don't open up our lives. But yet we expect our friendship to flourish and to continue. We need to, we need to be intentional. We need to be present, and we need to be open. Now, Pastor, this is all great. This is, this is awesome. I want to be a great friend. But I still don't understand necessarily what, how this helps us in our mission as a church. I don't understand necessarily what spiritual value there may be in this. I don't necessarily understand. Uh, maybe uh, Lord, I was wanting to come to church today and I wanted to jump and shout and, and be excited. And this really has me thinking a lot. And I, I don't know. This is too challenging for me. I, I like my superficial friendships. Well, this is, this is very biblical what we're talking about today. Amen. Okay. And, and the most important thing, the only way I can answer you is that God puts in our, in our lives friendships, people that can be our friends, people that will listen to us, that may, may not have much, long, much, much time left on this earth. 
See, in chapter 2 of Acts, Peter stood up in front of a group of people. And it didn't matter to him what they may think or may not think of him. It didn't matter to him whether they would criticize him or not. But he stood up and he preached and he said, you know what? This Jesus that was crucified, this Jesus that you killed, this Jesus was the Son of God. He was the Messiah sent to rescue you and me. For the, He was sent for the forgiveness of our sins. He was sent for our redemption. He was sent to this world, but you rejected him. And the Bible says that the men hearing this message, the people listening to this message, that they were broken in their hearts and that this very honest, honest question came out of their mouths and they asked, dear brothers, what should we do? See, these are the opportunities that God gives us through our friendships. That as we begin to know people, as we begin to identify these people, as we begin to categorize and spend and give our time to people's lives, and they begin to see, some of these people begin to see, bro, I'm not right. Something in my life, you know, and I may be a Christian, I may not be a Christian, but something within me is not right. What can I do? And it's in those moments because you have been a great friend that you can tell them just what Peter said in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Bro, you need to repent. Repent. You need to turn your mindset around. And if you haven't given your life to Jesus, you need to be baptized. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And he will give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. Because friendship is not just about receiving because there's a lot of of people in our lives that are just takers. But friendship Friendship is also about giving. And many times God just calls us to to give a word of life. I said, bro, you know what? I'm going to be very open with you. You just ain't right. What you're doing is not good for you and your family. You need to repent. But if you haven't been a good friend to that person... That person's not going to receive that. Their heart's not going to be open. I'm going to ask you to stand today. Time is short, guys. Time is short. God has given us a set amount of time on this earth. And we don't know, we don't know at all when our time is coming. We need to make use of the time that we have. We pour out into those daily relationships, our spouses, into our children, into our parents, into our brothers and sisters. And then we also need to learn to pour out into those people that God puts into our lives. Where you and I can be a testimony, that you and I can be a light. Amen. 